Welcome to episode one of the New Craft House podcast. It's just me and Rosie here today um, and we're going to be recording this one remotely. Yeah, we are apart. <laughs> Been apart for a month. Yeah, it's weird. You're like maybe three miles away. Do you think that far? Yeah, probably. Probably. Um, and I'm at home doing this. Rosie's actually in the studio today. She's been doing your orders. Um, that's a bit of drilling. <laughs> Sorry if you can hear that. <laughs> and what's today gonna? What are we gonna talk about? So to start things off, um, we're gonna go through who we are um, and a bit about our friendship and how long we've known each other and stuff, and then just the journey of our business, basically. Yeah. We thought before we got anyone else on the podcast, it would be a nice idea for you to get to know us and our business better, or at all, if you don't know us at all. <laughs> An introduction. Yeah, some people. Yeah. So, um, so should we start with how we met? Yeah. This is a question we get asked all the time. I think people can tell that we're like friends as well as business partners. So they're always like, yeah. so how long have you actually known each other? Um. So. Yeah, and it's a story we've told a lot as well. <laughs> let's try to add more detail. Yeah, let's add in more. So, so we actually met when we were 11. Yeah, we went to the same secondary school in Germany. It was like part of the army uh, like community over there. So we didn't actually live in the same towns, but we went to the same school. Um, so we weren't really friends, but we knew each other. And then we used to go to music were, school together. We moved together, in separate actually. social circles. <laughs> At the age of 11. <laughs> yeah. And then when, I think we were 14, when I moved to Detmold, which was the town Hannah lived in. And then... Yeah, and then we were the only two girls our age on the school bus. Yeah. So really like that year, we were actually on separate school buses. Yeah, but you swapped, you... Uh, the school buses a, got merged. Formal no, request. They merged us. <laughs> No, they didn't to start with. You used to walk to my bus stop. Did I? We used to have uh, like actual buses put on. So it wasn't a regular bus that anyone could get on. It was like an army bus to take us the hour to school. Did I actually do that? I do vaguely remember mm-hmm. walking over to your side. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah, and I used to bring you a coffee in a little cup every single I know, single... and I hated coffee. You hated you, coffee. You like, were trying to force me to like coffee and it never worked. <laughs> And now neither of us drink it. Yeah, so that was like year 10. 10. Yeah. And then from then on, basically, we were best of friends. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's true. And then we went to um, we went to college together in yeah. Winchester. So then we left Germany and we shared a room for the first year. Yeah. And... We had like a little divide down the middle, which was fun. And then we got our own rooms when we were in Upper. And then we actually went to separate unis. I don't think we ever talked about going to the same unis. No, that wasn't a thing that anyone really like discussed. No. which is I can't remember even thinking about what uni to apply to, so. I applied for many, many different courses. <laughs> <laughs> and then what did you study? Actually, this is, People are always interested in how you got into sewing and it is not this way. Yeah, not academically. Um, well, originally I went and did politics and then I dropped out. And then I went back and did psychology. So my degree is psychology. And I did German at uni. 
because I'd grown up there like pretty much my whole life and then I just and I really wanted to live back there um but then I decided I actually quite like it in England I remember you being like really set on that Germany was so much better than England but I just think you hadn't been to the nice bits of England (laughs) yeah that's it and I hadn't lived here really I hadn't really spent much time in England at all and then when we were at college in Winchester, I was like, mm, actually, it's quite nice. And then I went to Exeter for uni, which is also really nice. Yeah. And then did my master's in European studies at UCL. And that was what brought us to London at the same time that you started your course. Yeah. So after uni, we both had like years out and were living at home, not really knowing what to do. And then we all moved into like a shared house with some other friends in London. And I started my PGCE because I didn't know what to do, and then I dropped out (laughs) again. (laughs) You were the catalyst to me dropping out, actually. You came to see me one lunch, and I was like, Yeah, it's helped you make good life decisions. Yeah. And then you were like, I really... No, I remember you were sat there, and you were like, I really don't want to go back in. I really don't. And I was like, why don't you just not? (laughs) (laughs) That's all I needed. (laughs) And then we went to Oxford Street. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) um but that kind of brings us on to how we started the business which kind of which did start as a blog called the new craft society before we realized there were regulations about (laughs) using certain words in your name (laughs) i still like that name though (laughs) yeah i think it's a better name yeah um we started that when we were in when we were living at home in the year after uni just as like something to do because we had so much free time (laughs) you came over to visit in berlin yeah i was living in germany at the time and we decided to start a craft blog and it wasn't just sewing then it was actually probably more other stuff yeah it was just other crafts crafts. yeah which is why it's called the new craft house really it's a hangover from that yeah um and then we just we carried on doing that and what happened next for the blog we won the award (laughs) oh yeah yeah so when we first came to london a few months afterwards we won the cosmopolitan best craft blog award (laughs) which was never contested after that year so we are because it was the least represented category (laughs) (laughs) we'll take it that story i'm going to tell the story of that night because normally this is the other way around but you were so drunk and you just you'd had your nails done at the cosmo award ceremony and they announced us and it went really quiet because they were waiting for someone to come forward for it and then you went really loudly what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) and everyone was just like in in shock (laughs) and then we were just so happy yeah and then um yeah i remember being very drunk it's because i just dropped out of the pgc as well i was like what am i doing with my life it's the perfect storm yeah to lead you to better things um then after that we'd started getting contacted to like run workshops with different people so i actually got a memory my mum sent me a facebook memory um last week and it was of us at kath kidston yeah teaching a workshop when we wore matching dresses yeah that was easter I think the first yeah. workshop six, we ever it was did six was years ago. one for Converse, and that was in That November. was terrifying. That was so scary, yeah. It was the day after my birthday, and it genuinely ruined my birthday, because I couldn't, <laughs> I was just worrying about it so much. Because <laughs> oh, you dude. do kind of blag classes at the start. 
Like, we've never taught a workshop before, and then we had to teach 30 people to knit. Yeah. For Converse. Yeah. And it was our first bit of proper work from the blog. Real scary. Yeah, and then there and was the then... Kirsten one, and then what was there? Was it Bestival? Yeah, then we did a lot of tie-dyeing at Bestival. And we did that for a few years in a row. Yeah. It was I horrible. Went... <laughs> it was awful. <laughs> we mostly just wanted to go to the festival for free. <laughs> it wasn't really worth it. <laughs> That's true. Um, and then the next kind of step was when I was finishing, in my second year of my master's, uh, we... So then we'd, by that point, we'd known... We'd started to make a little bit of money from it, from the business. Yeah. Um, Definitely we, not enough to live off. Right, but we saw that there like was work available. Yeah, so decided that maybe we should try and think about how we could turn it into a business. And I was doing my master's at UCL and they had a big enterprise department. And we, do you remember the business plan that we submitted the first year? <laughs> they had this competition where you could submit a business plan and then they gave out awards Um for business loans to help businesses get started basically and the first year we submitted one and it was like one page of a4 <laughs> i think we did it the night it was before. so bad yeah <laughs> and obviously we didn't ever hear back and then the second year we submitted and then we got invited to pitch and then we won a twelve thousand uh loan from them yeah that was a big night <laughs> No, it wasn't. No, I had to hand in, like, an essay. I don't... Oh, what, I don't that was a big highlight. Big. Yeah, but, like, it was exciting. Like, we didn't... I don't think we thought we would win. Yeah, I was so happy I cried. We both cried. We went and got burritos. Yeah, because every... We were, like, the underdogs. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> everyone else was in a suit and stuff. Yeah. And we actually won the most amount that night. Yeah. Yeah, that was a real, like, big early on highlight for me. Um, and we also got given with that award a space in their co-working space, their new co-working space by Granary Square, King's Cross. And so we decided that when I finished my master's, we would both go full time using that money to like sp- spring us to bridge the gap really before we were earning anything. Yeah. So that was September 2015. Yeah. The official- and the business looked very different to now. Yeah. Um, yeah. In our business plan, it was all about um, making products, wasn't it? Al- yeah. Alongside doing some workshops. And some writing for different magazines and stuff. Yeah. But mostly products. Yeah. We wanted to make craft kits. Well, we did make them. Well, we did, yeah. <laughs> That's what and most of the 12 became the bane of our lives. Because <laughs> <laughs> we like those kits, but... We did not like packing them. Or trying to and sell them. Or trying to sell them. It was hard work and they weren't really, it became clear, financially viable if yeah. you could, like added in any amount of money to pay the person to do any of the work. <laughs> <laughs> so they had quite a short life. But they were the perfect thing to get us into going full time and realise what we actually enjoyed doing, which was workshops. And I can remember the first day that we went into, it was called Base, this co-working space. And we were just like, what, the, what do we do now? 
Yeah, we turn, we probably literally turned up at 9am as well. Like, this is it. This yeah. is our job. Um, but there was, like, this really great new waitrose nearby. <laughs> and we went there. That's great. And I remember we sat in Granary Square just like, okay, well, the sun's shining. This is quite nice. Like, what, what are we actually going to do? <laughs> And then, yeah, we just spent the £12,000 on stuff for the kits. Yeah, as well as paying ourselves a small amount for a few months, I guess. We're going to do a separate episode on money and all of the finances behind the business. So we're going to tell you about how much we've paid ourselves from the start and all of that, because I know people find that really interesting. Um, And at the start, it was not a lot. (laughs) Yeah, still not a lot, but... (laughs) Still not a lot. <laughs> no, it was a year. Over yeah, a year. exactly. Yeah. Was it? I think Just we left in like yeah, October. Yeah, we moved out in the... Yeah. We, yeah. we got kicked out, essentially. <laughs> We've yeah, because... been coasting along, like, rent-free and had taken over so much space, more than was fair <laughs> I actually no, I've just remembered what happened we um one day we got an invoice arrive at our desk and they said you can either pay this invoice or you can just sit out your three months notice and then leave and we were like wait so we either pay for one month or we have three months rent free and they were like yes and we were like all right we'll take the rent <laughs> and had another three <laughs> Um, but the the actual problem was that we had so much stuff. Remember when they deemed our desk space um, a health and safety hazard? Yeah, probably was. When when we had the tall desks with, like, yeah. so much stuff on top of them and they'd sway if you knocked it. Yeah. Oh. Probably close to death. It was stupid <laughs> us being there, really. Like, it didn't help anyone. It was It wasn't a good location for us and... But it was the perfect stepping stone for us to go full time, not have to worry about rent because taking rent in London's pretty. Yeah, and to figure out what we were doing, really, like it was sort of like a tester year, really. And towards the end of that year, I think it was like around May or something. Maddie um, from Madeline Laundry came over to teach a bra making class, and that I think was the main catalyst for us being like we really enjoy workshops we like meeting people in the community that's yeah. kind of what we want to take forward yeah definitely yeah she came over and did two classes didn't she over two weekend two different weekends or were they de- it was two days in the same weekend I two think. days yeah and those were the first workshops that we've ever done we'd ever yeah. done that weren't like another craft that was sewing based yeah yeah and by that point we were both sewing a lot more as well yeah, I mean, we were spending a lot of working days, so... <laughs> professional true. development, to be fair. We were lucky to have a year to do that. Yeah. A lot, like, there was... Yeah. We were talking about, like, the lowlights earlier, and going to some of the trade shows that year was definitely, like, the, some of the worst parts of running the business. We yeah, went on TV are. that year as well. Oh, yeah, and then we got so many kits ordered. It took us... We had to pack like maniacs yeah. to get them packed and sent out. We went on the shopping, creating craft TV. Oof. Okay, well, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> but all those things were good at the time. They're just not things we want to be doing now. Yeah. 
And it wouldn't have been possible to have our own studio and we would never have ended up at doing workshops if we hadn't gone through all those yeah. the kits, basically, and changes. So then we left King's Cross and we moved to a shared studio space, which is actually above where we are based now in Broadway Market in East London. Yeah. And... We didn't have much room, but we had access to a bigger space that was attached where we could rent that out extra to hold workshops. Yeah. And we started running a lot more workshops with other teachers. Yeah, we thought... That year. We were sort of doing them maybe every other weekend or something. They were always at yeah. the weekend. Um, yeah, and we started... We did some with Elise Lex and Heather from Closet Case Patterns. Melissa from fair trade yeah and anna from kokowawa oh, like lots of different people came in into different classes with us and then we carried on teaching our own ones yeah like the bra making that's when the bra making really started yeah and then we took over the whole of the our little room that was attached to the bigger space and then we've we've jumped to the railway arch for a year which was quite fun for a year yeah just round the corner which was a rent increase, we that was like a double. We doubled our rent, yeah, when we went there. Yeah. But it meant we We've could kind do of so found much that. more. Yeah, and then we had a really cool year out there, actually, with different events. We had more parties. Yeah, we started the party. And it was a really nice space for parties, because you had the outside area. And we had a few fabric shop pop-ups, which was really fun. Yeah. Um. And we were doing more where people were coming into the studio, basically. Yeah. And we were there almost exactly a year again, was it? Yeah, I think so. And then we came back down to Broadway Market Muse, um, into number six. That was last March. And then in December, just gone, we took number five, which is the studio next door, which is smaller. Some of you probably come to an open day in there. And it's where all our fabric lives. Yeah. So that's been our business journey over the last five years. So we thought we would go through a few of our lowlights and highlights of the business over the last five. Is it five? It's five years this September. Be full yeah, time. Full time, yeah. Oh, we should celebrate that with a trip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we probably won't be able to go on a trip still. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. Will we even be back at work? Who knows? Um, okay, a low light for me has been lockdown. Because I felt like we were getting... We're at a point where we've been stable for a few months now and things were more exciting. And we've also... It's the nicest time of the year, spring, because summer's so much nicer than winter. And the summer party is always so good. And now yeah. we don't know when that's going to happen. And we've had to postpone all our workshops. And we were at a point where we were having more events where people were coming into the studio. So more in-person events. And they've all been paused for now. Yeah. It's just um, been an interruption to the business. Yeah. Yeah. So that's an unexpected low light. But on the upside of that, like, it hasn't affected our business as badly as yeah. a lot of businesses. We were quite Definitely. lucky that we can still ship out fabric and stuff. 
So that's a plus. Yeah. Um, my low lights. <laughs> I mean, I hated doing the trade shows back in the day, but thankfully they're like a thing of the past. And the worst of the trade fairs were um, in Birmingham. This is not the shows where we sell fabric. No, it not where you're actually where you're selling customers. to shops. Yeah. And we basically had one trade fair where we sold close to nothing, I'd say. <laughs> Might have even been nothing. <laughs> it was of our, fab, our sewing kits, fabric knitting kits and stuff. So nothing wrong with Birmingham, but it just means that you're like away from home. And it, they weren't even in Birmingham. They're on like the outskirts of Birmingham in the They're Birmingham NEC. International. Yeah. And it's just like this weird spaceship. You don't see any natural light and it's just horrible. Yeah. You're stuck there like for four days, are they? Yeah, yeah, four days long. And every day you don't sell something, you just get a little bit sadder. <laughs> <laughs> but we did make some good friends through them. Like we made yeah. friends with Tilly, some other businesses. People who are coming around who own fabric shops as well. Yeah. You get to That's... meet a lot of people, which is really nice. Yeah. And highlights. I really actually just love selling fabrics. <laughs> so this past year has been, like, I think more exciting. Yeah. I really enjoy it, T. Like you love the actual, effect. like, packing it up, gone. Yeah. Hooray. I love selling stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, yeah, it is nice. I mean, that bit is nice as well. But I like the, I like it when people come in on open days. It's really exciting. Yeah. I like it when you've got a fabric that you know everyone's going to love and because it's dead stock, you only have one roll and it's just quite exciting Yeah, what it's going to turn into. And at the start, seeing people sew stuff was really cool. Yeah, like that first Naked Ladies load we had. Yeah. The only Naked Ladies load. And then we saw so many people make stuff out of it. It's so cool. And that still pops up. Like people will wear it to events and things. Yeah. And the parties, that's like another community thing that I really like. Yeah, the parties are great. After lockdown, we'll have the mother of all parties. Yeah. (laughs) And then going, yeah, having your own studio. When we first moved into our own space, that was really exciting. Just being able to do what you want and having... Yeah. Having it just set up all the time was really nice. Um, so we can sew <laughs> which we don't do much of now no. um for me one of them, like my main is this a highlight because it's just like a state of being a bit but now not worrying about money because we used to worry about money so much so now just not having to do that yeah it's just much. a big achievement i think yeah yeah that's what it is more of an achievement um from the business side it's just been really nice that's why the lockdown for me is a bit of a low because it's a little hurdle now to that yeah then new york interesting to see what it does to our growth i think yeah and new york yeah yeah new york was great new york was like the perfect trip yeah, just we... two mates bumbling around, eating and <laughs> drinking their way around New York. <laughs> uh, so we both have like slightly different roles in the business. Um, some of the things we do overlap, but we do do separate things as well. So we thought we'd just um, go through like what our roles are in case anyone's interested. <laughs> so what do you do, Hannah? 
Well, they've kind of naturally developed as well. We've never sat down and been like, well, now we now we have established what our roles are. Um, But they came about naturally. So I do more of the businessy sides of stuff. So so things like day to day, like admin day to day, like emails and orders. We both do. And like sourcing fabric and... Yeah, well, that that's like one of the most fun bits. So we definitely both would want to be part of that. Yeah. And also like all the organisation with workshops. Yeah. And like brainstorming and anything creative we can't do together. Yeah. Um, and decision making we do together as well. So it's not like I would go and buy a load of fabric and then it'd arrive and then Rosie's like, what's this? We, you're aware of what's going on in the business. But I do all the businessy sides of so kind of... I'd describe it as the boring stuff, but I quite enjoy it. So that's kind of my main role. And what do you do? But you didn't actually say what they are. <laughs> oh, so like the, any finance stuff, Rosie still to this day doesn't actually access our bank account. <laughs> <laughs> Which I would hate if that was the other way around. So I guess that works out. Um any yeah so anything's the finance and we have a lovely accountant so any chatting with her and our book who's also our bookkeeper um any businessy admin stuff that needs doing I don't know it's hard to describe what it is but it takes up a lot of time yeah so I can't really yeah I mean the banks yeah (laughs) (laughs) what about you (laughs) So I do um, the marketing side of stuff, really, which includes Instagram. I basically do most of the Instagram stuff, newsletter. Um, I mean, Facebook should be in there, but I'm really rubbish on Facebook. <laughs> no, one, no one uses Facebook now. <laughs> but yeah, all fun stuff we do together. Yeah, and I mean, it is essentially just us two still. We have the accountant, but she's remote. We have Ellie. And we have Ellie who um, helps pack orders. But basically, apart from in lockdown, it's both of us here together. So, like, you know what's going on all the time and you're talking about it all the time. So, yeah, stuff doesn't happen. Things would separate more, but... I think they would, because we'd have different emails, just for starters. You'd have separate email accounts, maybe, at some point. Whereas at the moment, any email that comes through, both of us will probably see it. Um, but I quite like the way our roles have separated. I think the jobs that we do now make sense. Yeah. Whenever we have a workshop or something where we're meeting people in the community, we get asked a lot of questions about living on boats because we both live on boats on the river and the canals in London. Um, And we thought, let's answer some of the most common questions here as well (laughs) so people are always really intrigued about how it works yeah which we were as well before we lived on them so it makes like it makes sense why you're interested in it it's like a different way of life um the nicest way to live in london in my opinion yeah so how long have we lived on the boats i've been on four years this is my four yeah four years and i've been on five years um and we move constantly that's like the thing we don't have a mooring so every two weeks you have to move so we go quite far like you have to go 20 miles in the year 
So you end up going up, like we go as far as Hartford or Bishop Stortford. But a lot of the the time we're in um, Hackney because there's a lot of canal and river in Hackney, which is really handy because it's close to the studio. (laughs) (laughs) We planned it well. (laughs) Yeah, in summer, I tend to spend summer upriver, up in Hartford. Uh, People often ask, is it really annoying to have to move the boat? Actually, that's the nicest bit of it. Because you get to explore new areas, go to different pubs in different areas, you like find like really nice cafes, pubs, different restaurants. Like there's different highlights for every single place that you're moored. Yeah. So when I you get just... back there, I'm like really buzzing to go back to that cinema that's nearby or that corner sh- like nice little shop that has really nice food. <laughs> yeah. And you just explore like so much more of London that we wouldn't have been to otherwise. Like we spend, yeah. well, we used to spend quite a lot of time in West London. And I would never have, like, explored those areas if it wasn't for the boat. Yeah, I never would have gone anywhere out west. I only don't go west now because of Twigs, my dog. Because commuting with her in from west is a bit of a nightmare. Yeah. What else about the boat? There's obviously the toilet situation that people are interested in. <laughs> I mean, any do. such setup where you're managing your own waste is going to be a little bit less nice than living in a house, is what I say to people. Yeah. It's basically the same as being, like, in a caravan. More people have experienced that. (laughs) Yeah. I have a compost toilet on board. Um, I used to have a pump out. Yeah, which is what I've got. Um, Essentially, it it sort of acts like a normal toilet, but it goes into a tank that's held on the boat, and then every month or so, you have to get it pumped out into the sewers. (laughs) And that's, that's what I had for the first two years, and then getting rid of that was the best thing ever because it was annoying to have to go somewhere to pump it out every six weeks and my tank was so big (laughs) that when it got like half full the boat would start to tilt (laughs) (laughs) it's really gross Yeah. yeah the weight of sewage in your boat would tilt it um and I just found it a bit of a pain and then when I got rid of the tank, I had loads of storage space under the bed, which obviously you don't have much of in a narrow boat. So going to a compost toilet was the best decision. And you just said you want to make one. Yeah, my husband's decided he wants to make one, so my pump out might not exist for much longer. Yeah, it's a good move. My dad made mine. Him and his friend. Yeah, they are essentially a bucket. Essentially, yeah. Bucket in a box. <laughs> yeah, you could literally use... No, <laughs> step too far. What uh, else are people interested in? Electricity. So we we aren't like plugged into the mains or anything, so we have batteries and they get charged by solar panels. Um, you can run most stuff from these, but you can't be really willy-nilly with the, like, with the energy that you're using, electricity you're using. Yeah, it makes you, you really can't... conscious of what you're using. Yeah, your usage just goes down so small. Yeah. Which is one of my favourite things about living on the boat. Like your water as well. So you have a big water tank on the front, um, in the bow of your boat, that you go to a water point and fill it up. Mine lasts like six to eight weeks. Um, And I just keep refilling it from then. I drink it. Some people don't drink theirs, but I have four years still here to downtown. <laughs> you don't know what you've got brewing inside. <laughs> No, it was a new tank at that point, and I have a filter on, on my taps. Um, 
Although I did drop a stick in there once. So that's in there. Stick. <laughs> um, but yeah, you use up so much less water. Like you'd never leave a tap running no. while you're brushing your teeth. You don't do anything like that. You yeah. wash up really frugally. Yeah. You're conscious about your usage for everything so much more. Yeah. And the waste that you produce as well. This The most annoying thing about living on a boat is getting rid of your rubbish. It's you realise how much you take it for granted that you can just put your bin out and it comes and gets emptied. I know you pay for that with council tax, but on the river, it's really <laughs> annoying. Sometimes you'll be really far from a, a rubbish point or there'll be a rubbish point, but there won't be any recycling. So you end up storing up your recycling for ages. Um, and it's just a big pain. Yeah. And what about heating? That's another big thing in the winter because everyone always says you hear people walking past the boat like oh i hear it's cold in winter like it must be the so cold it's so hot <laughs> yeah it's boiling <laughs> when you it's have the so fire hot. on it's so hot yours is bigger so yours is probably less intense now but when my fire's on in winter it's like 30 degrees 28 degrees you're sat there in like pants and a t-shirt yeah through the winter months and then i have central heating as well which i normally put on for an hour in the morning and that gives me hot water as well um, but it's not cold. There's nothing cold about the boat. It's that time of the year now when you can stop lighting your fire and it's so nice. Yeah, and actually open the doors and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And and the I saw my first family of um, goslings come past the boat. They, they were so yellow and fluffy. Aww. It was really cute. It's the nicest time to be on the water. Yeah. Spring. Any other boat questions? Hey, as well. So there's a yearly fee called your license. Um, and that is, well, it depends how big your boat is. But for me, it's about £800 a year. And that means you can be on the river or the canal, but you need to move every two weeks. So you can't stay in one place for too long. Um, and other than that, like you don't pay council tax, you don't pay for your water or your electricity but you might have to pay for your pump out, which is about £15 every time. Um, you have to pay for coal or whatever fuel you're using in winter and diesel for your engine so you can move. But that's about it, right? Yeah, and you hardly... The most expensive thing is the coal and wood in winter. Yeah. Like diesel, I mean, you hardly spend anything. I did fill mine up the other day and it was 150 quid. Oh, really? I fill mine up once a year normally. I reckon I do um, that twice a year. Yeah. So it's not it's not like running a car, basically, is what we're saying. Yeah, no. Um, it is, it's a cheaper way of living, for sure. And the boats themselves aren't expensive. No. Well, compared to a house. Yeah. Um, and then the, the most... The best thing about it is where you can live. Like, you can put... We always spend a couple of weeks at Broadway Market, like, right by the office. and. Yeah, it's amazing. You were an angel recently. Yeah, I had to escape because of all the people on the tape. <laughs> <laughs> we get asked about how we manage to sew on the boat. And obviously we do much more sewing in the studio just because it's set up completely. But I love sewing on my boat. Yeah. I really love it. And you've been sewing loads on your boat recently. Yeah, it's a nice thing to do, like to chill out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because the boat's really peaceful and chilled anyway. 
Maybe not of a toddler. I know. <laughs> this is only during that time. <laughs> um, and yes, yeah, I just really enjoy it. I really like it, even though it's more difficult. Like cutting on the boat is way more difficult because. So I tend to cut at work. Yeah, and you um, think we don't have irons on the boat. So yeah, that's a bit tricky. and we don't have overlockers either, which we do have in the no. studio. So. So you kind of pick and choose your projects that you do there or do little bits and then take it into work the next day, do some pressing. The reason we can't have irons on the boat is that any appliance that produces heat would just destroy your batteries. Yeah. So you could run it if you had the engine on, but that wouldn't be very enjoyable. And I, my dad did buy me one of those little old cast irons that you yeah. put on the fire. They scare me. <laughs> Huh? scare me yeah because the whole thing gets really hot and yeah. yeah I've never actually used it I just have it as a little ornament next to my fire um but I I love sewing on the boat and we both have faff um passport 3.0s on the boat yeah they're nice and small take up a little amount of room yeah it's perfect for small living and it's such a nice machine to sew on yeah really good and they use surprisingly a small amount of energy, like electricity. Yeah, I mean, I don't notice it. You can monitor your batteries on the boat and people get a bit obsessed with like tracking how low it's going down or how much solar's coming in. And I haven't noticed the sewing machine taking anything no. out of the batteries. No. So it's perfect for the boat. Sewing, and it's quite nice to know you're just sewing on solar. Yes. <laughs> And using up no, no energy at all. <laughs> Sustainable sewing. <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much for listening to our first episode. We'll be back every Monday with some special guests and lots more sewing chat. If you've got any questions, please do send them over. You can reach us at hello at thenewcrafthouse.com or at newcrafthouse on Instagram. Don't forget to hit subscribe and to be notified of each new episode. And thanks to Fred for editing. See you next week. Bye.